I'm Abby Mickey, and you're listening to Real Talk. Hi, and welcome to episode, oh gosh, what episode is this now? This is episode eight of Wheel Talk, the podcast. Um, This one was particularly fun to do. Uh, It is with Meredith Miller, ex-pro cyclist who had an incredible career. Um, She's been national champion. She's raced road. She's raced cross. Um, Now she works for Rafa, living in Boulder, Colorado, um, and is helping them open their Rafa chapter of their um, clubhouses the yeah so they have coffee you know rafa clothes um we originally of course the podcast was going to be about meredith's career and bike racing and this stuff along those lines but we got pretty sidetracked and uh basically forgot we were recording a podcast so lucky for you guys this will be a two-part episode, so episode part two of this episode will come out in a couple days. Um, we were having so much fun, and I want everyone to hear it, so here you go. So I'm here with Meredith, Meredith Miller, ex-bike racer, uh, a lot of other things. Anyway, <laughs> Meredith. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> I mean, I'll do, like, I'll do like an extensive introduction later, but for now, yeah, that's all you need to know, people. <laughs> that's the best introduction I've ever had. We're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> In your own house. Yes. <laughs> At least you brought the wine. <laughs> um, Classic. Okay, we're back. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't start that over? No, oh, no. I'm, I'm just like, we're just rolling with it. It's going to be great. Um, oh, man. So, All right, you guys. You got to be quiet. Okay. Yeah, there's dogs. So for, for you guys that are listening, just so you know, there might be barking at some point, but... You know, Louise, when I interviewed Louise and there was people coming in and out of the shop, nobody complained to me about it. So oh, that's fine. good. Oh, and also Allie Stalker breastfed her baby on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's fine. I don't have anything quite that exciting, I don't think. It was, I mean, yeah. it was like pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that that podcast got like 300 downloads. So I was like, okay. Everyone wants to have this visual of <laughs> Well, it was meeting. really funny because I was like, we were literally FaceTiming before the podcast started because she was like showing me Liam. And then <laughs> While she was breastfeeding? No. <laughs> well, so then she was like, oh, here's Liam. He needs to breastfeed. And I was like, oh, this is when I wish that I could do video. And then I was like, no, no, not of you breastfeeding like of Liam because he's really cute. <laughs> like he looks like, like a mini Murphy. Oh, I bet. And it is just like the cutest I thing. I actually haven't seen a picture of him yet. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah, I bet. I'll When we're done with this, I'll show you a picture of him eating beet juice because he looks like a baby vampire and it's just the cutest thing and it's so alley like oh of course she would totally have a baby that eats beets beet juice and sweet potatoes (laughs) right (laughs) for sure you need Uh, anyway um i don't know have you had this wine before actually i don't know i have not but it's It's, good so it's really cool it's called locations and they make like um There's a bunch from different locations. So this is the Spain one, and then there's also an Italy one, um, an Argentina one, a California one, a France one, and yeah, this one's my favorite. But I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so you yeah, depending on how long this podcast is, there might not be anything (laughs) left at the end. That's true. (laughs) Uh, I have a five-hour ride tomorrow, so let's not. Oh, (laughs) well, so it's all up to me then. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have a five-hour ride anymore. So. (laughs) 
Do you ever miss like the really long training days? No. Yeah. No, it's a pretty easy answer. I mean, I take I, well. I mean, Let me you still explain. ride for your I job. I do. Yeah. I do ride long rides still. I just don't have to train. Like, okay, so I'm I'm working at Rafa now, and we're getting this the clubhouse open, ready to open this coming Monday on the 27th. And so all the staff are you know there every day right now trying to get you know all the products now where it should be and all the pictures hung and you know all that. And one of the guys I'll be working, there on opening day for a coffee. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. But one of the guys who's there working, he's this young cat, I don't know, cat three, cat three, I believe. And he was like, you want to go ride with me this afternoon? I've got some intervals to do. I'm like, uh-uh. That is absolutely <laughs> the one thing I do not miss. See, it, you're doing better at retirement than Allison because when Allison was coaching me in 2015, she would go do my interval rides with me. Oh. And it was actually quite effective because my intervals, like, I would try a lot harder because it was like a race. <laughs> like, I was trying to beat her. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, not doing retirement great, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, a lot of people gave me a hard time because I still race cross in the off yeah. season, especially Damo. When you raced that one race, uh, the Amy D race, yeah, and I was heckling you. Thomas yeah. was feeding me heckles <laughs> to give you, which I was like yelling at you, but I'm pretty sure you didn't hear them. So I don't think I, re- I don't think I heard you. Just know that they were hilarious. Oh yeah, darn! I wish I had heard them. Yeah, they were great. I wish I had heard them because, of course. You know, I heard the same one over and over again, like, so much for retirement or, you know, whatever. That's so the worst You had simple. really unique ones. Mine's had, kind of mine were like, Grandma, where are my cookies or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> and that was coming from Tom's, huh? Oh, yeah. He was, oh, man. Just wait till I see him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, you should say this. Actually, when, because I don't know if you, you probably don't follow me on Twitter, but that's fine. I, I do. Against, but, oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, do you follow Tom's on Twitter? Yes. Did you see his Milan San Remo tweets? I did not. I was I tweeting. Not. I have not seen much in the last few days because of you know, oh, the working in the clubhouse, but yeah. I was tweeting from his account for Milan San Remo. Okay. But I was tweeting as him. Oh, oh right. I did see somebody so. say, just so you know, Tom's is not. What did it say? He doesn't have his phone, or yeah. he's not tweeting people, while he's like, racing. A couple of people actually freaked out. They were like, how is he tweeting and racing? And I was like, are you idiots? <laughs> like, Do you know how easy it is to sign on to a Twitter account? Yeah, right. And do you know how many pro cyclists out there, especially men, have girlfriends? Wives or girlfriends who are the ones who do, well, they're the ones who do their social media anyway. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, we, like, we're going to make a deal where I was going to help him with the social media. We were going to, like, I don't know, split the... The prize from the team that they give them for like doing well on social media, and then it oh, turned yeah. out that Tom's won one of the months, and like the prize was a gift card to the feed, which he can't actually get because he's in Spain. So then I got the gift card, and I just ordered my mom like a hundred and fifty dollar box of feed products. Nice. So she won actually. Nice. Hey, that's for, a good. That's a good prize. But when when Alan and I had um, the team, you know, when we were on, when we had the Nusa Cyclocross team, we were sponsored by the feed. And it the was feed a is pretty awesome. sweet. I was a feed athlete for, sure. for like a year, and they would just send me a box of stuff every month. And yep. it was yep. exactly what I wanted. No, I know. We got actually got to pick what we wanted, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a surprise. And I mean, it's just so nice when you can go in and get a variety of stuff. You're not stuck on the same thing every for month. Sure. And they have so much more than just ride food. Yeah, you like know, we would take mix. Yeah, and, and box we would get coffee. Yes, and we would get food too, like trail mixes and dried fruits and whatever you could, you know take with you on the plane when you're traveling yeah too so yeah a lot we did a lot of that like a lot of travel kind of food not just ride food now i need yeah. to like send this to the feed and see be like hey will you guys sponsor my podcast? <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, <laughs> um, excuse me. um i can't remember what the point of that con- of that whole rant was but something about tom's twitter account when well, you were saying something about your social media first well i was following because like i because i was tweeting from his account and there was a point, that, but now I don't remember what it was. I feel like we can't go backwards. <laughs> we can only go forwards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't anyway, know. so tell me about your career because I know, like, I came in later towards the end of your career, but before that, you were racing. I mean, you were na- you've been national champion. Yep. Well, I'm probably like 20 years older than you. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you were probably just still in your 
teens. You look whatever. 28. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so I had been racing almost 20 years. Wow. Not, not, I mean, that was from like when I started as a Cat 4. Cat so five, when did you start racing? So I started racing in 1998. Nice. I, now I'm going to show my age. <laughs> um, can do the math. Um, I graduated. None of my listeners can do math. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, played soccer through college at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Oh, cool. And so I graduated in December of 96. And I kept playing soccer, like, in a summer league in 97. And then at the end of that year, that season, the um, the Madison team folded. Um, and the next closest team was in Chicago. And I didn't want to move there. And it was too far to, you know, commute for, for practices and stuff. So I was like, well, guess my soccer career is over. Because also at the time, we didn't have a women's professional league. You either had to be part of the, the national team or go to Europe. And so my boyfriend at the time had... Started racing a little bit, saw some of his races, and was like, I don't know, why not? That looks fun, and had some friends help me get a bike together, and, because um, that, because in Madison, you know, that, um, Saturn and all, you know, uh, who else was around, but they used to have this huge bike swap every year, mm-hmm. so I, was, I actually got a, um, a bike from that, and then had some friends help me put, you know, put parts on it, and then I joined this team called Famous Footwear, <laughs> so we had... Um, you know, the shoe store. So we had these like hot pink jerseys. Oh no. I was on this red and yellow candle with an orange helmet. Oh no. And white crew socks. Oh no. (laughs) And now you work for Ross. I know, right? (laughs) It's compulsion. And so, (laughs) so yeah, so that was, I started racing in 98. Dang. And then, um, and then raced the first year in 98 and then moved to California at the end of 98. Mm-hmm. And Smart that's, yeah. Uh, well, Madison was awesome. Like the team I actually that, have so been actually, to Madison for the collegiate national championships. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I go back there, was going back there for cross races. I got dropped 50 meters into the team time trial. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be racing, but like one of the girls on the team, uh, literally didn't show up to the airport. <gasps> She just didn't show she up. She just didn't show up. And so then they were like, hey, Abby, it looks like you're racing. And I was like, I've been on, I'd like race like, I don't know, four times. I was just like, what? Who are you racing for? What? For CU. CU. Okay. Yeah. So is that with, who was direct, or who was the coach back then? Margell. Margell. Okay. I she's, wasn't sure. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's great. I, yeah. yeah. Now we go over, we were actually, yes, and I went over to their house um, uh, a month or so ago. To talk to Denzel Stevenson because mm. he was, um, you know, that's her boyfriend's kid. And we went over there to, to like have a little round table discussion with him and his dad and Pete Weber because he was trying to choose between teams mm. and for the cross season. You know, it's like, what, February and he's already having to choose a team. It's <laughs> insane how yeah. early cross starts now. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so it's always fun to go over there. Margell was there and, you know, it's fun to see her. I've never had the opportunity to race with her other than being, I guess, in some cross races, but yeah, yeah. she's, she's pretty awesome. She's and, cool. and so a few years ago, uh, I guess it was two years ago this spring, I was leading a women's group ride. And the point of the ride was to try to get women comfortable riding on gravel. And so we started from, you know, Boulder Cycle Sport, um, and we kind of roll out 36, take a ride on Neva, and then we took a left on the first dirt road. Mm-hmm. And I was goofing around. I pulled a foot out of my pedal to, like, tripod through the turn or whatever. Well, the gravel turned out to be pretty deep. <laughs> and I hit the deck. I, I still had and all no... All these girls are like, so she's he yeah, knows how to exactly, ride gravel? Exactly. I'm like... And so because of that, I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot... I can't freak out. I can't... My knee hurts like hell. Keep it cool, but man. I, I got to cool. Yeah, exactly. I got to like just brush it off and pretend like it was no big deal. So I ride for another two hours, um, get home, and I just like burst into tears oh, at no. that point. And so, yes, my husband like looks at it and he's like, we have got to take you to the ER. So we go to the ER and they pump up my knee with all these saline and everything. I mean, it's like my knee is like a, you know. Did you get the numbing cream first? Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. And it was nasty. And so then uh, a 
couple days later, I was leaving for Gila to direct the Amy D team at Gila. Oh, cool, yeah. And so, I before I left that morning, it was the Butter Gold ride, and so I just stopped in to see everybody and say hello before I was rolling around town. Macarons from Kate. Yes, and so, but anyway, Margell was there for those. Yeah, yeah, it's happened. But Margell was there, and so I show her my knee, and she's like. Holy shit, why did you not come see me? Because she's a wound care specialist. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, I knew she was a nurse, but I didn't know that was her specialty. Yeah. So I, I, she was getting ready to ride. I'm about to drive down to Gila. And so I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do right now. So she ended up sending me stuff. Putting Well, she gave it to Gios, and then Gios put stuff in the mail to send down to Gila so that I could take care of my knee. Nice. And I had... And, like, I waited too long because now I have this massive, nasty scar yeah. to go with all the other ones on my knees, but, you know. Just so, add, yeah. adds to the collection. Yes. I yeah. mean, like, that's one of the coolest parts about cycling is, like, the community. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you don't, you sometimes you don't even know people, but yeah. you're like, oh, you ride bikes for friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you, you oh, yeah. do put on the spandex and, like, tool around yeah. and stuff. No, for sure. Obviously, it, we have things in common, so yeah. we should hang out. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like just... Getting to know all the other staff at Rafa right now. I mean, okay, we have this one thing in common that we work at Rafa, but this other major thing that we have in common is that we all ride bikes. Yeah. We all love bikes. And so if there's nothing else to talk about, at least there's that. Yes. It's really funny, like, when I hang out with some of my friends from high school and stuff, and they're, like, chatting, and I'm like, somebody say something about bikes. (laughs) Please, somebody mention bikes, because, like, I don't know what else to talk about. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's funny. Yeah. yeah, but it, yeah, you. Uh, I can talk about bikes forever. Well, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think that like uh, bike racing, it picks up a lot of people who like otherwise haven't really found their niche. Yeah. In life. Yeah. And like for some people, that's not true. Like some people are like super popular outside of bikes, but like for a lot of people, I think that they like they feel a little out of place and then all of a sudden they 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 find a bike and they start riding and they meet like-minded people and all of a sudden they have this community and it's really cool and i mean we live in boulder which is like you know people people <laughs> give it a lot of shit but like yeah <clears throat> literally it's like the bike bike heart oh like, yeah no i know it's crazy America. it's 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 pretty cool here and i'm excited i get so so i was riding with a friend um over the weekend um danny Armand and she's moved here with her husband from Chicago I think it was like a year and a half ago or so and we're out riding and she was we were on this new well we were actually mountain biking but we're out in Lyons um and we're on this dirt road uh there were four of us five of us riding and Danny was saying it's so crazy I've been here a year and a half and I'm still like blown away how often I ride on new roads Mm -hmm. I said Danny I've been here five and a half years and I still ride on new roads yeah the other day I rode a new road and I was like holy shit yeah where did this come from it's insane and so I get so excited (laughs) when people don't know Boulder and are just moving here and getting used to you know, my teammate just messaged me like an hour ago and was like I I see why you love it here so much yeah. she's like the riding is incredible but the views are even better and oh, I was yeah. like yeah yeah no I know somebody asked me the other day what my favorite ride is and that it's impossible to answer yeah, you can't there's just there and there and there's so many different ways to put things together. Yeah, to, you can I mean, do like the same, kind of the same route four days in a row, but completely different right. roads. I For mean, sure. Like yeah. the amount of t- ways that, that you can just get up to Netherland yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Well, and the we- crazy thing is too for my... Um, riding or whatever that I'm doing right now, I, for, the, for, a, long, for a long time, I haven't written in February, February because it's always been after the cross season. It's when I take my break. We, Yos and I usually go to Hawaii or something, you know, so we're there for a couple of weeks, come home and maybe ride if I want to, whatever. Well, th- because I didn't have a real cross season last year, I, you know, have really not taken a break or anything. And so I was riding with some friends about a month ago in February and we went out and we climbed 10,000 feet. Yeah. We rode up Flagstaff and down, Magnolia down, Sugarloaf and down, and then all the way up Sunshine to Gold Hill and back down. Dang. Have you heard of the octopus ride? No. The octopus ride. I can imagine. (laughs) It's like 
Okay, let me go. I have to go over from... So it's like Flagstaff, Magnolia, Sugarloaf, Four Mile, um, Sunshine, Linden, Lee Hill, Old Stage. Yeah. I think it takes seven hours. I'm totally going to do it at some point. How much climbing is that? It's a lot. I just remembered why I brought up Tom's social media account. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I was telling you he was, like, feeding me jokes to tell you in the cross race. So he, like, he texted me the the morning of Milan-San Remo, and he was like, I'm going to be in the break today. Here's my Twitter password. You should tweet from my account. Yeah. Which is, like, so Tom's. He just, like, when he, like, sets his mind, he's like, I'm going to win the stage tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like... Go get him. Yeah. Like, he texted both times in California. He was like, yeah. I'm going to win tomorrow, so make sure you're watching. It was pretty awesome when he, you know, to be there with him at the finish and stuff when he won California. Yeah. Was, Carrie has a video of me crying in the car. <laughs> um, but anyway, so after that, he was like, yeah, I wish that we'd been able to talk on the phone because he was like, I have all these jokes that you should have tweeted during the race. <laughs> it's like, I wanted, to, I wanted you to tweet like, oh, I wonder if like. This guy notices that we're wearing the same outfit because he had like a teammate in the break, and I was like, "Stop micromanaging me! <laughs> You're gonna give me your Twitter account. I'm gonna do what yeah, right, I want right, to do right, with exactly. it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it how I want to say it. Uh, that's funny. I still yeah. made potato jokes, so you can just stop trying to micromanage my <laughs> well, Twitter. Well, I'm the worst heckler. Yeah, I'm the worst heckler. Well, it's hard to come up with stuff on the spot. Okay, we had a break, but we're back now. Uh, so it's the perfect time to continue talking about your career because technically that's what my podcast is about. Cycling and careers. Oh, bike racing? Yeah, that thing that we do with the, you know, the... I didn't realize you had so many tattoos. I, yeah, I do. They are an addiction, apparently. Well, no, I know they are because I got my first one when I was 18 and I now have... Same. Like, a lot, most of my back is covered. I basically now. have, like, once a year, I'm like, I gotta get a new tattoo. Yeah. Uh, if I was creative, or knew how to draw, or, like, knew what I wanted, I probably, like, I might have a sleeve or two, or something like that, but I just, I, I do not have that creative gene. <laughs> I made a deal with my mom that I wouldn't get any tattoos that would show in a wedding dress, but that deal went, like, out the window. <laughs> I was gonna say, and you wear, like, sleep a gown that comes all the way down to your fingers. Well, I probably will anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... But yeah, I really, like, my sister is a really good artist, so I have a couple... I actually have one on my back of my shoulder that's, um... A drawing that my great grandfather did that I found in one of his books as we were like cleaning out the house oh, when wow. my parents sold it. And yeah, it, yeah. So most That's of my cool. artwork is other people's. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. one was like I was driving down the street and I saw a tattoo parlor and I was like, I should get lines on my arm. <laughs> and so I just walked in and I was like, Can you just do some lines on my arm? And he was like, Why four? He was, I don't know. It just seemed just, like three was like. Um, I don't like odd numbers, and I didn't want to do two, and five was, like, way too many. And it's really funny, because people are like, what does that mean? Like, the amount of people who ask me what it means, and I'm like... Why does a tattoo have to mean something? I'm like, honestly, there is no meaning. I just walked into a tattoo parlor, and I was like, I think it would be cool if you just did lines on my arm. And I get, actually, like, a good deal of compliments. I'm sure. It's cool. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Well, apparently, um... There's a famous musician who has the same thing. Oh. But I think that he has three lines. So, so you're a little different. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Bike racing. Oh, that, So you moved right. to California. Yes. So I moved to California. And that was kind of where... Well, it took a year. I didn't really race much the first year we were there because in California, everything is... Well, I was in Berkeley. And... All, a lot of the racing there is pretty far away, you know, mm-hmm. and so it took us a little while to figure it out. Yeah. That people would usually go somewhere for the weekend, and then there's, like, a crit in a road race. I think it's still the same. Katie Hall does that. Yeah. And I think it's Bob Leibold, I think, is still the promoter for some of these races. And awesome. where would the world be without him? But anyway, um, so it took a little while, but I finally figured out, like, holy shit, this, this is actually... For real, people do this. I guess I think it was then that I realized that women actually do it as a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so then in 2002 is when I I guess you could say I joined my first like 
I don't know. I hate saying professional because I feel like in women's cycling or maybe in men's too, but there's, it's a hard line. What is to professional? Right. Really? Exactly. Yeah. What does it really mean? I got a free bike. I got my expenses paid. There you go. For a um, lot of people, that's professional. Yes, but I but, wouldn't agree with those people. But there are some people who call themselves yeah, professional just because yeah. they get a bike. But then, even when you do get paid, is that do you still no. like is a five thousand dollars stipend enough to consider yourself professional? I mean, like Colavita is incredible, but I still wouldn't really consider myself professional. Like. Um, I guess it's a UCI team, so in yeah. that regards, I am professional. Right. But I feel like when you say professional, that means covering all living expenses. Right. No. And I mean, how many women are there that can actually live off their like wages? ten? Right. Yeah. Like maybe the girls on Wiggle and the girls on Bulls Dolmans, yeah. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I'll just say it. Like when I so in two thousand nine. Well, okay. So. Lived in California, kind of like was figuring it out. I was getting my master's degree at San Francisco State. Oh, cool! Um, and in then what? in exercise science. Oh, nice! And so I uh, had started like really getting into racing during that time. Mm-hmm. And it took me four years to get my master's. I defended my thesis, no joke, the day before I moved to Denmark. Oh wow! So um, my ex-husband and I were living in California. He was getting his PhD at Cal. And we then moved to Denmark because he was, he did his postdoc there. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I defended my thesis the day before we left because I kept pushing it off, pushing it off because I was biting. Yeah. I had really gotten into racing. Yeah. So then we moved to Denmark and then that's where I started racing full time because I wasn't really able to get another job. I didn't speak Danish and he was working at a university where they were actually, all the students were required to speak English in the lab. Oh, cool. And, um, and I had met some of the riders. I was on this call, team called SATS. It was a, it's a fitness center in Scandinavia. Okay, and that's they, really useful actually that you guys were there together. Yeah, like oh, that's it like, helped big time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody actually was asking me about it today, and I said, for me, living in Denmark was still tough. Like my teammates. So the guy who started this team was an American guy, but he was. Um, he was this huge spinning instructor at SATS at the fitness center. Mm-hmm. And so we had to go to his classes like four to five days a week, Ugh. at least in the winter, maybe a little less in the summer, or especially when we were traveling. Yeah. But that's how he picked a lot of the riders on the team. Oh, because like, like one of our, thing. yeah, one of our top climbers, she had been an ice hockey player. And she's like, you're build. And I'm like, I can't imagine this woman, Trina, ever having any, like, bulk on her to play hockey. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It was crazy. And so, um... Did you know, actually, fun fact, Katie Hall used to play water polo? What? Yeah. Wow. Katie that's the water polo in college. First person I've ever heard of coming to cycling from water polo. Yeah. Wow. Usually it's, like, soccer, rowing, running... Track on, you know, something. Skiing. Yeah. Skiing's actually, yeah, there's a good amount of skiers that come to second. Yeah. Yeah, like Allie Powers down the Alpine skiing. Yeah. Yep. Um, but so anyway, in 2003 is when I started racing full time. And um, did you think ahead of time, like, I'm moving to Europe? That's where all the big racing is? No. So how it happened was in 2002, I was going to the Montreal World Cup. And saw on the roster that there was this team from Denmark that was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we knew we were moving to Denmark. Yeah. And so I approached them in Montreal and said, hey, I'm going to be coming to you know Copenhagen at the end of this year. Are you looking for more riders? And they're like, yeah, yeah, get in touch with, get in touch with us when you get here. And so I did. And you know I started training with them. And um, they invited me to be part of the team. And so I, I can't say I really knew... Still at that point, I mean, it was only, what, five years into my career. So I just didn't really know a whole lot yet about racing in Europe. Um, But went over there, and I had never raced in Europe before that. So went over there, and we did all the World Cups. We did Tour de Lode. We did the women's, you know, Grand Boucle. We did the Giro. Um, We actually came back to the U.S. and did um, the Solano 
uh, stage race right up against Redlands. So that was essentially like a 10-day stage race. So mm-hmm. I did four 10-day stage races that year, plus all the World Cups. I had about 75 race Man, days. Man, there's no 10-day stage races left. I know. The Giro. I, I know. Like, literally, all I want to do in my career is race a 10-day stage race. <laughs> I'm like, that is my only goal. My yeah. only goal for my whole career is to race a 10-day stage race. Yeah. Oh, that's so well, cool. You never did the Giro? No, I haven't done it yet. Mm. I'll do it. Is Colavita? No, be- but maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Not this year. Colavita won't do it this year, but yeah. Like we all got our feet wet in Europe and I think it was a test not only for the riders, but also for like Mary and Colavita to see like, can we make this jump? It's um, a big jump. I mean, well, so eventually I made my way back to the States and started racing for Tibco. Mm-hmm. They were the last team I, you know, I was racing with when I retired and, I guess maybe for like two or three years, you know, Linda had started to take riders over to to Europe and it was sort of a combination of riders going over with the national team or with Tibco. And it's like, it took a long time to figure it out. Yeah. To figure out just where you're going to be based. How do you get all of your equipment over there? It's too expensive to fly back and forth with it all. Yeah. Like that was, that was a huge thing with us this year going to Europe was like, okay, how do we get the bikes over there? Yep. Um, and like shipping the bikes over there and, and man, like I have so much respect for Mary for figuring it all out. Yeah. Um, but also it's like the, that much time away from home cracks the riders. Yes. Um, so like with, with UHC last year, it was like, we did this massive block in Europe and like pretty much the goal of the block was for Corinne to race because she, we wanted her to make the Olympic team. Yeah. And so she had to do these races that she wanted to go to the yeah. Olympics. And so I think that that was like the main reason that UHC went over to Europe last year. But I, cause I was really sick. So I missed like the first couple weeks. Yeah. So I came in like two weeks late. And when I got there, everyone was so <laughs> miserable. It was like a yeah. black What time cloud. of the year were you there? Oh, uh, so the February. Yeah. That's brutal. February, it's brutal. March. Cause it's gray. It's dark, it's rainy, it's cold, it's windy. Well, the, you know, the conclusion that I came to after this last three-week block in Europe is that I, I'm actually a flower, and I survive, <laughs> I survive purely on photosynthesis. And if I don't see the sun, yes. I die. <laughs> I think I might categorize myself as, as the same. We live in Colorado. Yeah. We yeah, have like 360 days of sunshine a year. Yeah, for sure. My mood is Definitely affected by gray days. I am such yeah, it's so <laughs> true. On those days, I'm like, I just want to lay on the couch and sleep all day. For sure, my motivation sucks. It's like a real and, thing. Oh, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah. I was actually we're flowers, Meredith. Yes. What kind of flower are you? Um, I want to say sunflower because I really like sunflowers. <laughs> Well, I have a tattoo of a sunflower. Do you no. have a tattoo of a sunflower? No. Okay. Well, I'm I I can be a sunflower. I only have forget-me-nots, but <laughs> I mean those are pretty good too. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how okay, was so? Flowers. How was Denmark? Yeah. We're so, De- so Denmark <laughs> was Denmark, it sunny? <laughs> no, Denmark was not sunny. <laughs> I needed my flower power when I was there. <laughs> I lost it. Um, no, Denmark was good. It was like it's an experience that I would never want to take away. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me though because my teammates were well. So in Denmark, a lot of that you know they get paid to go to college, right? They That's get cool. money to go to school. So a lot of my teammates were students and or they were working plus trying to race bikes Mm -hmm. and none of us were getting paid. So, you know, going to school for a lot of reasons was their priority. Yeah. And that meant outside of cycling, I really did nothing with my teammates. Mm -hmm. I don't think in the two years that I was there, I was ever invited to one of my teammates house for dinner. That's rough. There was one, one teammate, I think I went Coffee over there for didn't lunch. Exist or back then. Coffee rides did not exist. Well, they did, just not in Denmark. But, oh, oh yeah. because I did them all the time in California yeah. before going there. So it was kind of like this shock. Like, what? What do you mean? And I don't drink coffee, but I still like going to coffee shops. Yeah, seriously. You know, I mean, you can get and, hot chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. exactly. Yeah. And I remember this one day, our mechanic. He's from Chile, but he had pretty much was Danish, mm-hmm. just didn't look Danish, but, um, yeah. and I finally said, okay, we are going to s- stop for ice cream. You know, it was a summer day and we just stopped and sat ice cream on the curb. And he was so excited That's because awesome. it was the first time anybody 
actually had really done anything during the ride that was somewhat social. Not right. Most of our rides were just full gas. Yeah. This this American guy who started the team, he would come out on the rides and pretty much just be like, okay, catch me if you can, sort of thing, you know? Oh, and I really want to tell the story about my first team camp, but I don't know. Well, the odds of people listening to this episode, <laughs> they'll actually care. So at my first ever team camp, Barry Bonds was there. <laughs> and he, he was in the, he did the ride, part of the ride with us. And then he got in the car for like on the way back from the ride. And he was just like, okay, hundred dollars for the, to the, whoever makes it up the top of that next climb first. And man, like Lex yeah. just like clawed over the rest of the team to oh, get up man. to the top of that yeah. hill first. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any cash incentives. Yeah. We, we everybody just wanted to please this guy. Yeah. You know? They're like, okay, yeah, I'll do whatever he says. And I, just, it was just so crazy to me. And yeah. So, so that part of it being in Denmark was hard mm-hmm. because I just didn't have as much of a social outlet. Like I was either on the road with my teammates and they all spoke English, but at the first year, I was the only non-Danish writer. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they would automatically default to yeah. Danish, you know, of course, right? Yeah. And so, I and actually, I tried to take Danish lessons when we first got there. It lasted, I took a six-week course. And this is one of, no joke, this is one of the lessons that we had in Danish. Okay, you have a list of words on a piece of paper. The instructor, you know, plays a tape recorder because it was a tape recorder back then. Yeah. Um, and on the tape, the tape recorder, like the voice says the word, and then you have to cross off all the letters that are not pronounced in the word. I mean, yes, I'm I'm not joking. Like you you can. It is so so. Finnish has words that are like. 20 letters long, but you'll say every letter in the word. Mm -hmm. Danish is just the opposite. They'll have words that are, you know, 10 letters long, but you might say four. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, no, it's brutal. I mean, I'm trying to learn Latvian and it's just like... (laughs) Yeah. It's really... So I gave up. Yeah. (laughs) And because, well, we knew we were only going to be there for two years. Yeah. And... There's like five, some million people in the country. And so outside of that, no one else speaks Danish. So I'm like, yeah. it's not like I can use this language anywhere else. So yeah. Fuck it. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so most of my social outlet in Denmark was with uh, my ex's um, like lab partners, you know, or mm-hmm. the, the other um, students in the lab. And, and they had a pretty diverse a group of people in the lab from Australia and, and some Danes and, you know, wherever. And, um, you know, so they got used to like spur of the moment saying, Hey, let's have a a dinner tonight. Cause that is very not Danish. You don't generally just knock on somebody's door and say, Hey, I'm here. You want to have dinner? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and so they kind of were more used to that, but, um, otherwise it was like most days kind of hanging out by myself, you know, when I, if I wasn't on the bike. God, that sounds so miserable. And it, I mean, it was, it was tough, but during the season we were traveling a lot too. Yeah. So, and, and we had to drive everywhere. Yeah. So the first year we did the Giro, it started in Naples. We drove from Denmark to the, like almost what, the Southern tip of Italy. Oh my gosh. So it was like a 24 hour drive ahead of a 10 day stage race. And then we had to do it at home afterwards. It was brutal. It was so awful. We were coming back from Turingen. Well, no, actually on the way to Turingen, one of the vehicles ran out of gas and we had to wait like for someone to come get us and take us to a gas station to get gas to come back. And it, it was a diesel. So oh, no. it kind of like messed up the engine. Yeah. And then we got going again. And then on the way home, me and one of my teammates, we kind of all were going in different directions. And one of my teammates and I were driving one of the vehicles back to Copenhagen. And I happened to be driving at the time. You know, I'm going like 160K an hour because that's what you do in Germany. Yeah. And the gas light comes on. I'm like, uh oh, we need to find gas soon. Well, we couldn't find it soon enough. Ran out of gas and we had to hitchhike. Oh, so no. we get out of the car and we stick our thumbs out and this semi pulls over and Lisa and I look at each other. We're like, okay, so who's going to go? I'm like, I will. I was driving like it was my fault. So I get in the, in the semi and I look at the driver. And of course he doesn't speak a, speak a lick of English. And I don't even 
I think it might have been Polish or something. And so through sign language and whatever, he knew what we needed, drove me up the highway to the gas station. But then I had to get back yeah. to the car. And, you know, in Europe, like, there's... A gas station on both sides? Yeah. So you have to, like... Yes. So then I had to run across, across the, highway. the highway to get to the gas station on the yeah. other side. Yeah. And hitchhike again yeah. to get back to the car and run across the highway to get to the car to put the gas in. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It was such a trip. But, um, yeah, and, and then, you know, and so that was the... Well, so my first year, I was the only non-Danish writer on the team. And then the second year is when we hired, like, Suzanne Longskog, who is the current world champion. You probably don't know who these women are. Anita Vallon, who is, like, top five in the world. She is Norwegian. I'm trying to think of how old I was around this time. So this would have been 2004. Yeah. Oh, I was in middle school. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah, you can call me mom. Call me mom. <laughs> my grandma jokes are so much better now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But seriously, where are my cookies? Oh, well, you know what? No, actually, I'm kidding. I'm I actually have stuff to make cookies tonight. I was going to make cookies tonight to take into work tomorrow. Oh, that's so sweet. Maybe if you stay long enough. Actually, my mom, because my mom works at like an outdoor store, she brings them muffins every single Thursday. Every Thursday, she wakes up at like same 5 a.m. and or... make, nope, always different. always different. Sometimes she makes scones. Where does she work? Um, at the Ute Mountaineer in Aspen. Oh, okay. In the summers. Okay. Not anymore. Now yeah. she is retired from that. Nice. Oh, I bet everyone's so disappointed they don't get muffins. No, anymore. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what kept everybody around for Lance so long. Lance Armstrong calls my mom the Muffin Lady. Oh, really? Fun fact. <laughs> Because my dad used to be his wine supplier. Okay. And my mom would bring muffins in to my dad's wine shop so that the guys that worked in the shop could have muffins. And my dad would, like, bring muffins to Lance because he would drop off wine at Lance's house. So one time my mom was on a bike ride and Lance rode by and she was like, hi, Lance. And he was like, oh, you're the muffin lady. Oh, and wow. I was like, Mom, please don't tell people that story. Like, I don't want you to be proud of the fact that Lance recognized you as the Muffin Lady. Like, come on. Hopefully she at least told him her name. Nope. She was just super excited. She was like, I'm the Muffin Lady. I'll own it. Yeah. I'll own it. She, that's exactly what happened. So, small world story. So, I played, like I said, I played soccer in college in Madison. And one of my teammates... Um, <laughs> couple different parts of this or small world she actually now lives in denmark because she's um a professor awesome. at one of the or yeah does she, she speak she, danish she, yes she does now <laughs> but um her so her family is from fort collins mm-hmm. and so when i was leaving new zealand to come here she's like oh that's crazy you're gonna be in fort collins because i lived there before coming to boulder mm-hmm. and she's like you're gonna be near my grandmother da, da, da. well then later her half sister is now lance's wife Oh wow! That yeah. is a, everything's a small world. Oh, I it's feel such like. a, it's so crazy. You can always like yeah, you can always find links. Oh yeah. yeah, and like of all my friends who would have some sort of connection to Lance, my friend Ursula is the last person in the world who I would ever expect to have any connection with him at all. Uh, I mean, she's knows nothing about cycling. Like yeah, it's it's crazy. That's hilarious. Crazy. Yeah. I wonder how they met. I don't want to know. Uh, I, I should know this. I uh, I think it might have been at an event. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So when did you move from Denmark to New Zealand? So then after, um, so so that second year in in Denmark, we actually started that season as the number one team in the world because the world champion. Because of Suzanne, we had Rochelle Gilmore on the team. Oh, and cool! I know her. Manon Jutras and like a Brit and. Oh, it was crazy though, because it was a an Olympic year. Mm-hmm. Olympic years are They're always crazy. Are so crazy, and the what they can do to a team, the way they can tear a team apart. Is, yeah. Or you can either like everybody can be on board. It sounds like you guys were for Corinne. Yeah. Or it can be where every individual is trying to make the team for their different country. Yeah. I mean, we had so many different riders from different countries. I think that that's year. what happened with Bulls last year, but like on a, in a good way yeah. because every single one of them was trying to make yes. their respective Olympic yes. teams. Yeah. And so they were all just like flying. Like you look at them this year and I mean, they're, they've had a lot of bad luck with injuries yeah. and stuff, but at the same time, like literally the, the amount of nationalities on the team yeah. made it so they, they were all trying to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So they were all, yeah. 
But they all knew where they stood to, you know, yeah. how to get there. So it, it worked out. Because I think they ended up with like eight riders at the Olympics. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, and then, so the, the third year that I was on my Danish team, um, actually Rachel Heal was oh, my teammate. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, so it was cool to, to race with her and Sarah Ulmer. From New Zealand, probably mm-hmm. don't know who she is. Nope. She won a gold medal. Um, would that have been Beijing? I think in that individual pursuit on the track. I didn't even know what bike racing was yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, eventually, yeah. Then we we moved to New Zealand. So spent two years in Denmark. Was this then, still for the um, your ex husband's? Yeah. So he took his. Well, at that point, he took his first faculty position at the University of Auckland. Okay. Cool. Yep. And so we moved there for his job. We actually thought we were moving there indefinitely. So we took everything we owned with us. And it ended up only being two and a half years because this job at Colorado State kind of came across his desk one day. And it was really intriguing because it was a young group of scientists there. And he's really into his research. And so, mm-hmm. it, so it made sense. But so the first year that we were in New Zealand, I actually went back to Europe to race with Sats for the third year. And that year I lived in Metz, France with Kathy Marsal, who you definitely don't know either. <laughs> she um, she is a French woman who won Elite Worlds, I believe, her first year as an elite when wow. she was 18. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so the year that she – so then she became the director of SATS the last year I was on the team, so in 2000. Five. Cool. And she had just retired from racing the year before. Mm-hmm. And um, her parents lived on a farm in Metz. So me and a few of my Danish teammates, that's where we based ourselves. So we were living with this older couple who did not speak English. None of us really knew any French. So we had a, de- a dictionary on the table that we would all just like pass back and forth <laughs> all the time. It was, it was, it was. The training around there was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) The living situation, you know, and we had to go into town to be able to get on the internet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was well before everybody had Wi-Fi in their house and all that, you know. And so, like, communicating with my husband, um, you know, when I was in France and he was in New Zealand was challenging enough just because of the time zone. Yeah. And then to, like, have to go into town. Oh, yeah. Did you get my carrier pigeon? I You're sent what? it. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. And so... Um, I sent it a few days ago. <laughs> I think you dropped that, the note at the wrong house. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, again, like, those three years that I was on SATs and racing in Europe full-time were pretty amazing. And I, you know, it definitely... There were definitely a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. but still the experience that I had racing in Europe and getting to do all, I mean, I raced Flanders and Flesh and yeah. not Milan, Milan San Remo because we didn't start in Milan, but I don't remember where we started. It's basically but, you know, Binda, but. Okay. But we got to do the Poggio and the Cipresso. Oh, you don't get to do that in Binda. No. So I, they may have done it one more year after that. I'm not sure, but you know, so <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty incredible to have that experience. And then That's super cool. And then the second year that we lived in New Zealand, I actually came back to the US and started racing with Lipton. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you and get tea? We got so much tea. <laughs> so much tea. And um can't tell you how many jokes there were about tea bagging and <laughs> um, we don't have any jokes on Colavita, but we did get a lot of Colavita stuff, and it is awesome. Yeah, like I am pretty much set for the rest of my life when it comes to pasta and rice. Oh yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, and balsamic glaze. Yeah, that stuff is well, so good. you know, so they're definitely one sponsor, and I think um, Lipton was too. I mean, Nusa and my last couple years racing. Where I was on a mountain bike team sponsored by Nusa, and we got like a case of Nusa. Yeah. Like every rider got a case of Nusa every yeah. month. And I, I was like, I'm never going to eat all this yogurt. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. But I was going to say what I think is, you know, those sponsors in particular, it's, um, you know, now when I see Cola Vita in the stores, you I, 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 I want to buy it. Because exactly. Because you're supporting a yes, team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's not just as riders that you get a lot of that stuff. But I mean, the number of people who said, hey, I'd never heard of Noosa before until, you know, they sponsored this team. Noosa is huge now. Yeah. Oh, I just saw, they now have new flavors. They have a pineapple 
So you know how they came out with the the blackberry habanero a while ago? Yeah. Now they have like a pineapple. Well, they have a, uh, it's like mango and cayenne or chili pepper or something like that. But now they have like more sweet and spicy yeah. flavors. Cool. I, I am still just a fan of the lemon and the coconut. Yeah. I like mixing. Have you ever tried to mix flavors? Oh, dear. Like coconut I mean, I and raspberry? I haven't, but I'm sure that they're delicious. Oh, yeah. And I can only, like, I can't actually buy Nusa because then it's, like, it's sitting in the fridge and it's taunting me. And I'm, like, I just want to eat the whole thing. I know. But then I'm, like, fuck, it's, like, 500 calories. I know. I know. It's definitely not. And like, this spoonful out. is 100 calories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, the, then I came back and raced for Lipton. And, um, you know, those that was with Kristen Armstrong and Lauren Tamayo, Corey Sierra, like some amazing women. And we definitely had a really successful two years. And then it sucked because they had verbally agreed to go a third year to mm-hmm. help Kristen get to the Olympics. And then they pulled their sponsorship. This was just pre-Beijing? Yes. Yeah. And then they pulled their sponsorship. And then, so then I, in 2008, went to Aaron's. They pulled their sponsorship. So then I went to Tipco and for, in 2009. So my first year with the team is when I won nationals. Oh, cool. Yep. It was pretty cool. And um, that was uh, when nationals and Cascade used to be back-to-back. So mm-hmm. there were two years when nationals and Cascade were back-to-back. That's late. So we spent two weeks in Bend. Was, was Cascade still in July? Yeah. So it was like nationals was pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I and love Cascade. That is like I love that race. Too. I love Bend, and then I, I was racing cross too Bend. at the same time, so I get to go back to. Bend oh, so you were racing winter. cross like a bunch. So I started racing cross in two thousand eight. Okay. So up until two thousand eight, I was only road, and then in the winter of two thousand eight is when I, like, was like, oh sure, I'll try cross. So when did you move to Fort Collins? In January of 2007. Okay. So well, yeah. I didn't start cross until after being back in the U.S. Yeah. And, and then you fell in love with Colorado and you never left. Right. Exactly. It happens like, to I've everybody. been here like 10 years and I can't imagine ever being anywhere yeah. else. I was born here and I can't imagine. Thank you so much for listening to Wheel Talk, the podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on iTunes. If you didn't like it, please reach out to me and let me know how I can improve. You can find me on Twitter at the WT underscore podcast or on my own personal Twitter at Abby Mickey. I'm also on Facebook, Wheel Talk, the podcast. As always, it's been a pleasure recording these podcasts for you. And I'll play you out with Blue Sky by the Allman Brothers. (laughs) 